0: In the business joins us. JD, what's up, my man? How you feeling? How we doing, my guy? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. Things look a little bit different since you and I last spoke. We're in the new crib, new setup. So I hope I didn't throw you off too badly. But uh great to see your face, man. It's been quite a while. How was your July 4th? Vacationing, took some time off. Now I know you're ready for the grind of college football, man. How was
2: it? Yeah, man, it was good. Got out to Michigan, saw the wife's family, got out to Oregon. Saw my family for the fourth. And so all, all the uh the batteries are charged, man. It's gonna be good. We got SEC Media Day here in a few short days, man. It's it's good though, man. It feels like it's it's like finally here. You know what I mean? Like like Thanksgiving is to Christmas, what SEC Media Day is to college football <laughs> season. So I think we're finally at that point. JD, that is probably
0: the perfect way to phrase. I had never thought of that. SEC Media Days is the Thanksgiving to Christmas, which is the football. That's just poetic my friend print that on a t-shirt I appreciate that's incredible um let me ask you this are you a guy that this is how I'm wired so my girlfriend's family's in Ohio and the way that I'm wired is I look at the route that we're traveling we drove that so but I look at where we're going and I say okay what college football stadium is around this area that I have not seen yet so I don't know if you saw these pictures I posted like a month or so ago but we actually stopped by the Cincinnati football stadium, because I'd never seen it before. And I'm a stadium guy. I love stadiums, man. I I just love stadiums. Am I, am I crazy? Or is that something you partake in also?
2: No, this is, I feel, I feel so known right now, Chris, by you Mm -hmm. saying that one that's phenomenal. I need to see those pictures. Second quick story for you. I would drive from New York to Atlanta on my way home from school. So whenever I was driving home, I go through Virginia, and the exact same thought came through my mind, and I'm like, okay, well, how far am I from like Blacksburg? Blacksburg's right along the route, and so uh, multiple times throughout my stop, that was one of the first Chick Fil A's that I had on my route available to me from New York getting to Atlanta at that point in time, and uh, made my fair share of stops in Blacksburg to go check out the stadium. And no, that's 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 phenomenal, man. Yeah, that's just it's just little things, it's little yeah. little things that we do as college football fans. That if you don't get it, you just don't get it. And it's one of those things.
0: Yeah, I, I it's it's something that I feel like JD, I've recently found out about myself too, is like I knew I liked stadiums, but starting to travel a little bit more, I'm like, I really liked it's it's just it's just cool to see the different venues of college ball. Like Cincinnati's, for example. Like it is the most like when you think of a stadium in a city, but it's unique in that way. It's unique in that. And it was very cool to go to Cincy's campus and see all the the big 12 stuff hanging around. Obviously, they're excited for that. Anyways, J.D. Piquel on three. Appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Again, it's been weeks since we last spoke, so a lot to get into. I'll start with this, J.D. Obviously, I'm not asking you to lock in any picks, anything like that. Of course, you will be at SEC Media Days. You will be one of those locking in your picks for East-West champion, all SEC, what have you. But in the meantime, I have locked in my picks for South Carolina's 2023 football season. I got seven and five, four and four in SEC play. You hear that record. Your thoughts on that. Am I kind of where you'd expect? Am I a little bit off my rocker? Am I too pessimistic, optimistic? Like, your overall thoughts. I think the one that I had that most shook up Gamecock fans, and this was something, J.D., I I didn't expect, right? You sit down and make predictions because it's – you know this, right? It's one thing to say, okay, these two teams play in a one-off game. Who's going to win? But when Mm -hmm. you look at a schedule and the way it shakes out, when are bye weeks, like when do you play this team, then this team, then this game follows this one up, that to me truly impacts – which games you could potentially win and lose. So I picked the Gamecocks to lose to Mississippi State. That was one that has been that I didn't even expect to pick that, you know, I I caught some grief for sure, but I've got Carolina doing what they've sort of done their Beamer, second half, catching fire, taking down a Mizzou, taking down a Kentucky, getting to seven wins. Your thoughts on that seven and five record prediction. Again, I feel like that, that feels right for this team this year.
2: What say you? I think that's incredibly fair. I mean, t- to your point, first, they would be covering whatever Vegas says they're, co- they're going to have in the preseason, being right around six and a half wins. I think that's incredibly fair. And to- what you said about predicting schedules is so fascinating because we sit down, we talk about South Carolina, and it's like they have all the makings in a vacuum roster wise and quarterback wise and skill position wise of like an eight win football team maybe they're sneaky get to nine look at the schedule and how it shakes out and you're like man I don't know if I see him beating x y and z team I mean I think the sneaky one for me is Florida that run game has to get better defensively for, for South Carolina if they're going to be able to beat a team like Florida and Florida preseason is like five and a half win total in Vegas so um, I think what you said is is on the money with right around the spot that they, they could be in and I think the one thing that you've done a good job getting out ahead of is just because South Carolina in this upcoming season, whatever they do record wise, it shouldn't shake their feeling about Shane Beamer, the direction of the operation. Like the season is the season, but for, for South Carolina and with Shane Beamer, they'd be in it for, for the long haul in my humble opinion. I think this is probably your opinion as well when it comes to him. So uh, that seven and five record I think is right around where I would anticipate having them. I think we'll do our schedule prediction for them here in the coming week, week or two. Um, but that's probably where I think I'll lean right now when it comes to South Carolina. Yeah, and admittedly, you know, I'm dropping my game-by-game predictions,
0: J.D., for, for every single SEC team. And, you know, I, I mean, I always feel good about my picks, right? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I like it. to go into the season feeling good about them. But I really tried to find a balance of...
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: you know, going off what you know, but you have to pick a level of chaos because yeah, outside of Georgia, we'll say Georgia, Bama, LSU, and even those two teams, even Bama and LSU can get upset, but, like, outside of those three for sure, dude, like, everybody else in the SEC, it's almost like they're just beating up on each other. So, like, there's some results people look at and they're saying, how in the world this, that? Like I'm like, it happens every year. You cannot pick chalk in this league because, like, I just look at the East. You got Georgia at the top. Dude, I'd honestly say outside of that, I mean, maybe Vandy's the long shot, but, like, anybody can beat anybody. Truly. Yep. The West the same way. I mean, you've got Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn. They could all finish with the same record. Like, we've seen that happen before. So, it's you know, when, when you see these picks coming out, that, that's and that's what I remind Gamecock fans, too. It's like South Carolina may not lose to Mississippi State, but, like, when you look at swing games, like you have to predict there's 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 gonna be chaos that ensues. It's why we love college football. Upsets are going to happen. It's inevitable. So
2: no, I mean, I mean, Chris, last year LSU's over-under win total was seven. They won the West. <laughs> they beat Bama, right. they beat Ole Miss. I right. like, like all these just the right. chaos itself, taking a step further. TCU went five and seven in 2021, made the playoff in 2022. So everybody likes to, you know, speak in terms of chalk right now of, oh, there's no way X, Y, and Z team beats insert next team right there because right now it's easy to say yeah they have a better roster yeah they're probably going to have you know better circumstances and and we're all living in this ideal world you and I both know when you roll a ball out there on Saturday when you finally have toe meat leather like all bets are off you got to go have your 11 be better than there so I, I think the, the level of chaos is so tricky to predict right now because the heat always comes in so strong whenever you predict uh, Mississippi State to beat South Carolina or what have you and then come whatever week it is, of course, you know, the circumstances fall into exactly how none of us predicted.
0: Now, J.D., I want to switch gears a little bit before we get into some SEC Media Days chatter. Obviously, really excited for the event in Nashville, but I want to talk a little recruiting from this standpoint because I've noticed over the last couple of days there's been a lot of chatter. There's been increased chatter about, you know, anytime new recruiting rankings drop and guys move up and down, right? I mean, we've seen – Dylan Stewart go from and I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly like what on three did or because there's 24-7 there's rivals or you guys of course obviously you guys I would say probably the leaders in the industry or one of the leaders obviously behind Shannon Terry the great things he's doing either way I'm just curious though to get your take because I know you're a guy you you talk recruiting but you're not like a crystal ball guy whatever so sure I'm just curious when it comes to this time of year when it comes to changing up recruiting rankings again we've seen a guy like Dylan Stewart go from number one to number 10. We've seen Dylan Briola fall off. Like, I guess my question is this, and you don't even have to answer this because I know it's a question that maybe it's a better <laughs> off the record type I love thing. It. But it's I like, love it. I just wonder, because I get the business, I get content, I get creating conversation. It's good for business. I get it. Are the player rankings more about they're really trying to like we want to get this right? Or is it about creating conversation? and keeping the rankings relevant. Because I get both sides. I do. But, like, I think where fans have trouble seeing, and especially when it's like, I mean, Gamecock fans forever have felt this. They call it the cock drop. It's like when a guy starts expressing interest in South Carolina, his ranking goes (laughs) down, right? And, I mean, listen, it's, it's fair. I get it, the bias. If Nick Saban offers a defensive back a scholarship, he's probably pretty good. Like, I understand how that works. But, again, to my question, like, how much of it has to do with actual like okay we've watched some more tape and we found some things we maybe are higher on than we expected lower on or is it about creating conversation or is it a mix of the two like you said, i'm saying like i'm obviously not trying to say anybody out here in the recruiting circles is trying to be like a you know just just moving guys around for the sake of it but at the same time i think some fans maybe think that way and i've seen some of the chatter on social media around that
2: yeah i think uh, i'll say this for charles power Like, he is a guy that is locked into the process and just the overall skill that comes into projecting players. He takes enormous pride in the NFL draft. Like, Charles Power is concerned, and I say Charles Power, who, for those of y'all that don't know, director of scouting rings for us here at all 3 and really puts his name behind those rankings. I mean, he's trying to win the NFL draft in four years for these kids that are in high school right now. Um, I think the thing that's most interesting, we've seen it the most with Florida in the last couple of days. There's been a lot going on with Florida Twitter and, I love the Florida fan base, man. Like I'm I, sure that, there's probably that really I don't is what sparked on, this question. Right That's yep. what
0: sparked this question because I think it was a podcast that had Shannon Terry on, and they were like, yeah. "I was like, I kind of respect." They're trying to grill him right now, which he handled yeah. it very well. But they obviously were not happy about some things. I, I sure. thought that was interesting.
2: Sure, and I think the whole thing is fascinating because when you zoom out, Chris, like. You take take the Florida fan base. And again, love the Florida fan base. We talk about Florida a lot on our show. I'm sure you're probably not allowed to say that on the Spurs Up show. But when it, when it comes to Florida, like, let's just think about this from a business standpoint. Florida, massive fan base. One of the biggest fan bases in college football. One of the most influential fan bases in college football when you want to go to, like, the digital media space. What purpose would it serve a company like On3 to intentionally agitate that fan base just drop their guys so we got it out for Florida like like that whole thing in itself I feel like would just be if that if that was the approach that'd be a bad business approach uh to Charles Power and Shannon said this I think when he was on the show he's like man his his kryptonite and his superpower is like he couldn't care less where these kids are going like obviously there's an element of like you know you you want to project these guys and sometimes you see the schools be ahead of the rankings and maybe offer a kid before they become you know a certain ranking with with us but no i mean i, I think back to your original question uh i really th- there, there's zero interest i think in creating conversation or making headlines like again charles power is trying to win the nfl draft and, and looking at this past cycle this past draft class like i would say he's, he's absolutely done that with the number of kids that got drafted in the first round and that he had at five that he had as five stars uh, with this time at 24-7. So uh, the the whole thing is fun. And honestly, this whole story in itself, I guess story I put in quotation marks, um, it makes me feel a lot more like, all right, we're getting to the point in the year where we just got to get college football back. Like we're at the point where we're analyzing rankings. Like some of these yeah. kids too, Chris, like they had the same ranking before they committed and after they committed. And people are frustrated with the, the variation between what we have them at, versus other services. It's like Charles Power is like worrying about what Charles Power is doing. On three is worried about what on three is doing. And and the variance is the variance, no disrespect to those companies. But like Charles Power is is based on it off what he feels, sees, and believes as well as the rest of our team that's involved in the rankings. So anyway, uh yeah, we need college football back because we're talking about rankings and we need to be talking about ball.
0: JD, I could not agree more because I I make this joke all the time that you know Gamecock Twitter has its own drama and other fan bases do as well and I, I just tell people though it's like you know college football fans they just have this pent up energy that needs to get out and when it's the summer and there's no ball they find other avenues to do so and they're, those are not always the, the the best avenues we'll just put it that bro
2: way. I get it I get it <laughs> I'm all about it like yeah, I, I'm all for it. I'm, yeah. all for it
0: I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm grateful to be someone that uh, gets out that pent up energy with the microphone, the camera, talking to somebody like yourself. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, I want to move to this too, man. Since we're talking about it, and you have a really unique perspective with on three, you know, I, I admittedly, you know, obviously, I talk with J C Sherbert at 24 7 Sports every week, and he's actually the leader of one of the collectives, Carolina Rise at South Carolina, and we were on this conversation at NIL, and he was just talking yesterday. And he made the comment that. You know, he was someone that started on early on in the, in the in the recruiting space. I think at Rivals or what have you and whatever. He saw the evolution and the way recruiting changed, that landscape, message boards, whatever. He said NIL is happening, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said NIL is basically happening twice as fast. Like the way that it's, it's a daily thing changing. I saw a graphic from, I believe it was Texas like two days ago where – athletes have made like 15.5 million dollars and so you guys I mean I don't think I don't think there's anybody out there who's more connected with NIL than on 3 because I mean it's really cool how you can see the players and you can see their NIL evaluation you can see what they're worth your thoughts on the way the NIL is constantly changing day by day and what you expect for it. like if you had to if you had to project because I made this joke yesterday but JD I think it's true I think like 20 30 years from now maybe less we're probably going to get a 30 for 30 on NIL and the way that it changed college football, because I feel like it's, it's changing that much at a rapid pace.
2: Yeah. It's unbelievable because I think it all happened so quickly, right? Like I think, and I'm you know going to be fuzzy on the details here, but I believe the NCAA was essentially under the gun and they're like, Hey, we got to put something in place here, quick, fast, and hurry and through NIL together. And when it first started, there was, to my knowledge, not a ton of regulation, it was kind of the Wild West was a term that was thrown around early on. And now we've kind of got to this place where, you know, you have services like us here at ON3 providing NIL valuations, and there's a lot going on with collectives and the structure of that. So I think, Chris, the, the best term that I could put to it is the structure of NIL, I think, is continuing to move in a positive direction. And I think the early perception of NIL was you got all these people trying to take advantage of kids and you got all these crazy figures being thrown around. And I think there's probably like a, a version of truth to that at the beginning. But I think at this point in time, we have a lot of good people getting into the space. A lot of people that have the best interest of the sport and these kids at heart and understanding that this is a, a place where there's a ton of money to be made everybody involved and it needs to be done in an orderly fashion and with good structure so i think as we get further and further into nil my hope would be the last episode of that netflix series talking about nil whenever that does come out Mm -hmm. is okay we have arrived at a place where the future is bright these kids are getting what they're worth and everybody involved is doing it above board because we have the structure in place and we have the right people a part of it
0: So, J.D., let's move into SEC Media Days. Really excited to get to Nashville and meet you in person. I mean, it's going to be a really good time. But when you talk about top storylines, I mean, anytime you get all 14 teams together, and I guess this will be the last year, it's just 14 teams with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, which on that note, J.D., side note, I mean, we talk about how how much of an event that SEC Media Days has become. Add in Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, I just can't even fathom what that's going to be like next year. But Either way, next week in Nashville, there are so many storylines. You think about Georgia and the quote unquote culture issues that Kirby Smart's going to be asked about. You know, Jimbo Fisher's obviously fascinating, getting back off, you know, getting off the schneid. Bobby Petrino was OC. LSU's trying to go back to back in the West. Oh, by the way, Lord Nick Saban will speak when he talks. It's pretty noteworthy, right? About Alabama and them, them bouncing back as the dynasty on the way out. Greg Sankey, obviously the commissioner, not just the SEC, in my opinion, but at this point. He's kind of the dude in college football. What he says, kind of, it moves mountains, if you will. And then you go to the East, and you got Josh Heipel with Tennessee. They're trying to show that Tennessee football's back. Shane Beamer, of course, they're trying to knock on the door of second place. Kentucky, you know, pressure in Missouri. So, there are so many fascinating storylines going into SEC media days. Name just a couple for you that you're most looking forward to.
2: I'm just fascinated to hear Lane Kiffin grabbing the mic, man. I mean, every, every time he says something, it's always good for, you know, a quote graphic or, or maybe it's something that you <laughs> and I are talking about at some point in time with uh, what he's saying, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek about X, Y, and Z SEC team. But, no, I, I think the, the storylines that you hit on I think are on the money. I think LSU could very well be the team that the media picks to win the West, which is kind of wild given – that you know Alabama exists. That, that there's so much going on at Ole Miss, and that Brian Kelly's only in year two at LSU. So I'm curious to see what that voting looks like when it all when it all settles. I mean, could you imagine if we're in a world where Alabama isn't even you know number two? Maybe they finish at three. But again, I think the media is probably a little bit smarter than that. I don't know if anybody's gonna you know put them that far back. But the whole narrative around Alabama, I think there was something I saw before we jumped on here, Chris, former quarterback of Nick Saban. Uh, when he was at LSU, said uh, he's pissed and he's motivated. And I'm like, man, that does not sound like a formula for success for the rest of the SEC. So kind of an interesting spot for Alabama and a spot we haven't seen Bama in really in, in some time. So how does Saban handle that? And what are the questions and, and what are the answers for him when it comes to you know, the the whole conversation around, well, Bama's starting to slip back and maybe the game's him by and he's playing quarterback. Um, I, I think Bama's probably the one that I'm circling the most to hear uh, what Saban says and, and take a step further the manner in which he answers it you know typically he's a very you know, collected individual and, and he's got very well articulated thoughts and I'm curious if some of the questioning around Alabama this coming season does not maybe just ruffle the feathers a little bit and if we see maybe a little bit of that pissed off attitude come out that's uh, Media Media.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, J.D., I was looking for this post. Alabama has been picked to win the SEC at SEC Media Days in seven straight seasons. The last team to be picked to win the conference other than Bama was Auburn in 2015. However, Bama was picked to win the SEC West that same season, despite Auburn being picked to win the conference. So, I mean, to your point, it's just been a long time. So, will the media, and I'll be one of them that will be voting on it and I got LSU one in the West, man. I got LSU at 11-1, 7-1. Believe it or not, guess who I got to lose to? Mississippi State. I don't know what it – I got into an upset ride with Mississippi State, man. I don't know what it was. I think they're going to be playing for the Pirate this year, man. Don't sleep on the Bulldogs. Uh, Let's go specific to South Carolina, J.D. Shane Beamer bringing along. Spencer Rattler. Tonka Hemingway. Kai Kroger. Love the selections. Obviously, Rattler speaks for itself. You get your leader on defense and Tonka up front. And then Kai Kroger – Continuing to build the Beamer Ball brand, my guy, bringing a punter. I think he's the only punter going to SEC Media Days. But I'll ask you this as a whole, and again, sticking with the Gamecocks, what's something you would most like to learn from South Carolina, their appearance, maybe something you want to hear from Shane Beamer? Is there anything specifically that you'd like to learn about the Gamecocks from SEC Media Days?
2: You know, I think I'm just fascinated to see – I want to be careful how I say this – I'm curious to see what kind of air Spencer Rattler has to him when he shows up at SEC Media. Because I think there's been so many question marks following him throughout his time, really since he was dubbed the number one overall pick after doing what he did against Florida in that bowl game, Oklahoma. And then he ends up, you know, losing his job and transferring. And he's just such a pulverizing figure. And it feels like at the end of that uh, end of last year, he really just kind of got comfortable. We saw a new confidence with him. He kind of just seemed like he was at peace with his situation and who he was. He wasn't trying to prove anything anymore. And at SEC media day, I mean, you and I both know it's going to just be a prodding and trying to you know ask different questions. And, hey, Spencer, you know, tell us about your interceptions. Like, there's going to be so many things thrown his way. And so I'm just curious, do we see a Spencer Rattler that – You know, tries to you know make a statement and and try and you know answer the media and go Spencer versus the media. Not that he's going to be you know making some kind of outburst, but tries to make an answer to you know almost overcome the question if that makes sense. Or if it's a thing where Spencer Rattler is just kind of cool with letting his his play do the talking in the fall. So that's not to say Spencer Rattler is some sort of you know brash individual who's going to make headlines and make a scene at SEC media day. But I do think there's something to be said for how he answers those question marks with, you know, some of the slow starts he had last year and picking up where he left off at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, J.D., was disappointed when he didn't go last year. Totally understood it, though, a guy who had never stepped foot on campus and had not taken a snap yet. But uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I'm not extremely excited to hear from Rattler. And like you mentioned, Lane Kiffin, he's always got a quote, good for a graphic. I got a feeling Rattler might have one in him as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, J.D. Pekalabon, three, one of the best in the business. And again, someone I'm grateful to call a friend. J.D., last thing before I get you out of here. There's going to be five quarterbacks in Nashville at SEC Media Days. K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas. Jaden Daniels from LSU. Will Rogers from Mississippi State. Spencer Rattler from South Carolina. And Joe Milton from Tennessee. If you had to pick one of those, which of the quarterbacks will be the best dressed at SEC Media Days next week?
2: Ooh. Hey, I wasn't ready for that one. I thought we are (laughs) going another direction. I thought it was what you're taking, you know, to to lead a game-winning drive. Best dressed, man. I've I've seen some of the pregame hype videos for Tennessee, and you always get a little bit of uh, Big Throw Joe in there. He's got the shades. probably got a little bit of ice on him. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lean Joe Milton right now for for best dress but i think the dark horse uh kj jefferson i think pulled up with a a fitted to last year at sc media days did he not i think he had like a, I a yankees so. hat
0: yeah i believe he had so
2: some kind of cool hat and i'm like dude's a baller like you show up with it with a fitted to sc media days you can play a little bit so those two guys i think are going head to head as my uh, my one and two seeds for best dress
0: the fits will be on point for sure. Nashville, Tennessee, the site of SEC Media Days next week. JD, again, I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm so excited to get to meet you finally in person next week, my friend. It is going to be an absolute blast.
2: Should be a good one, Chris. Appreciate you having me on, man. We'll uh we'll get after it next week.
0: Yes, sir. JD, keep up the good work. We'll see you soon.